Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 119, yes, episode 119 on the show, and it is the end of the season episode, officially end of the season episode, where we go into the second half of the show that we continued off of yesterday. We're going to talk about the Western Conference questions. Yesterday we had Eastern Conference questions that we answered before the season that we asked. And we're going to talk about the Western Conference side today on episode 119. Welcome on in. My name is Simo Buckets here on the Hoopers Log, the guest call in line. If you'd like to call in and interact, we will take your phone calls today. 323-642-1558 is the number. Andrew Norris is in the building. We'll get him on in just a moment. But I want to give you a, a preview of what to expect for the show today. Obviously, or feel free to call in 323 642 one five five eight here on CLNS Radio in the Seat Geek Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. Andrew Norris is on the line for a second. We'll get him on in a moment, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna do today. Give these Western Conference questions a hoot. We're gonna fly through that in about fifteen twenty minutes, and then we're gonna go into our award predictions: MVP, Defensive Player, Rookie, Most Improved, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, uh, and then give you all of our first team All NBAs. Mine's kind of out of whack. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, it's it's who I have and who I think is going to be there. Um, And then we'll give you our playoff predictions, and then we'll give you our top 10 whiteboard-worthy performances of the season. We have them. We have an honorable mention as well, obviously, for the end of the year. I think you know which one that is, but we're going to get it going. Andrew Norris, how's it going, buddy? How you been? Uh, I've I've been good. Uh, Just an update. I don't know if you kind of told everybody why I was out yesterday. Um, they, my, my grandma lives down in Florida during the winter and up until May, actually. Uh, one of her friends went to her house, found her laying unconscious on the ground. They rushed her to the hospital a little bit after she gave blood. Um, just an update on that. She is all good. Uh, my parents flew down there today, took her home from the hospital. She's doing a lot better. Nothing severe, just, you know, she's old and she gave blood, but grandma, Shout out to you. You're as tough as nails, and I'm happy to know you're feeling better. But I'm doing good. Um, you know, this is this is the fun stuff to talk about. This isn't, you know, the oh my gosh. the down uh, yeah. the, the dirt. You know, reviewing every game and saying, oh, the 76ers beat the net. This is the stuff we look forward to all year. The stuff we produce yes. at the end, of, beginning of the season, and we we love doing it to see how stupid we were at the beginning of the season. Um, oh yeah. 
You know, I have the Suns making the playoffs, dude. I mean, that was one of my predictions. And coming into the season, yeah. it really wasn't a bad prediction. Uh, but you know, it, this is this is the fun stuff to talk to, talk about, and I am I am very excited to to be talking about it today, and very excited to be be here. Uh, I'm very excited for you guys to listen, and I'm very excited. Hopefully, Calvin can get that first article to me tonight, and we're gonna have the first real article on the website, thehooperslog.com. Uh, I'm doing a bunch of customization throughout the show. Even I'm trying to uh, you know kind of multitask, um, and, and it's just it's an exciting time here at the Hooper's Log. You aren't the only one. I'm getting all these Wiper Words performances done as of, as we speak. I already have them all set up and prepared. I just got to put them in order from what I think is top to bottom, uh, you know, top to bottom, top ten throughout the year. But I have a question for you before we move on to these Western Conference questions. We broke down all the stuff that happened in the Eastern Conference yesterday and looked at all of our questions What was the main thing that stuck out to you this year, Andrew, in the Eastern Conference? Obviously, your Pistons making the playoffs. I said it before the season. This team is good enough to make the eighth spot. They did it. I was clearly saying that to make you feel better. But also, I also knew that the best possibility they could do this year was to get to that eighth, seventh spot. And I said that before the year. They got it done. And kudos to Stan Van Gundy. We had a caller on the show yesterday call in and talk about and give praise to how great Stan Van Gundy is being a GM slash coach. It was an unbelievable season for the Detroit Pistons. But outside of that, what was the main thing that you saw from the Eastern Conference that really stuck out to you? And overall, what was your just overall sense of what happened in the East? Well, the East, I mean, was insane. Just think about the fact that we have four teams finish with the exact same record in the playoffs. I mean, 48 and 34. Four teams finished with that. I mean, imagine finishing with a record that's good enough to be the three seed and be Charlotte and end up with the, the six seed. Um, aside from one and two who separated themselves from the pack all year, uh, this was, I mean, you could jump from eight to three for the most part in three games throughout the whole year. It ended up being four to the, towards the end of the year. But even think about that, the third seed and the eight seed separated by four games. When you look at, at the West, it was separated by 14 games okay so there is a a, a parody in the east uh, and, and it was it, I'll tell you what I would uh, if I got to watch one season this year I'd watch the west season all or the east season all day before I watched the west the west was pretty much set in stone of uh, at least who's going to make it besides from that eight seed and where they're going to be um, for about a month now well the east it was this last day you could jump from six to three or drop from three to six. Uh, yes. A, a whole lot. Uh, I mean, the Bulls. Who would have thought the Bulls didn't make the playoffs? The Wizards didn't make the playoffs. The Bucks didn't make the playoffs. By the way, preseason prediction, I remember my exact words where the Bucks are going to win yep. 33 games. You called the it. The Bucks won 33 games. A um, little bit of luck involved there, but also I thought it was, it was pretty obvious um, that that team was way ahead of their actual progression had a great year the year prior, and they, they just weren't as good. Plus, they got Greg Monroe, and as I said, that's a cancer. Um, so, it, 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 was, it was a crazy year in the East. You had LeBron, LeBroning. Uh, you know, Cleveland only ended up with 57 wins, which was a bit disappointing. Uh, but you, you still saw this, this fantastic LeBron, and, and it, was, it, it was a fun year in the East. Well, and I'll say this, you know, coming into the season, we had bold predictions, and one of your bold predictions that you were clearly wrong on 
was the Spurs only winning 40, 49 games. We'll talk about that later on in the show, obviously. But they even blew me away with how well they did. 67 victories. We'll talk about that in a little bit later, obviously. That was incredible. But I was totally wrong on another thing. Steph Curry not being a top three all, you know, uh, uh, you know, all you know, top three point guard in the league. It's not even a debate anymore. He, in many people's eyes, he's number one. In my opinion, he's he's number two. I'm looking at all these wipe awards performances, Andrew. I'm not even through December first, and I have a tally written up. And Russell Westbrook through, uh, you know, midway through December had 18 wipe awards performances. Think about it. 18. You have to get a out of how many that games? That means you have was to. That- that might have been out of like I think it, 22 games. Too. I think it might have been out of 20 or 25 games. We're definitely at the quarter mark of what I'm talking about where I'm, where I'm booking them. Yeah, it's out of like 20, 21 games. That's insane. Like, just, just think about this. So, I still think Russell Westbrook is the best overall point guard in the game. But when it comes to top three, I don't think there's a bait that, that Curry isn't a top three point guard, which it's frustrating and, and, and tough to say, but it's true. But I was right on one thing about the Eastern Conference. There was not going to be a 60-game winner. You told me that the Cavs might win 60, and that might be the case. I said this year would be the year where 60-win team in the Eastern Conference would not happen. And that's not to discourage, you know, the Cleveland Cavalier fans and to think they didn't have a, they didn't have a chance to be good. I think they, had the only, they were the only team in the East that had a chance to win 60. But considering the drama and all the injuries they had at the beginning of the year and obviously other reasons happened into why they didn't win 60 – but I thought all the injuries early on in the year would hamper them from doing well. And that wasn't the case at all. I mentioned that in the show yesterday about how in the Eastern Conference, the Cavs rode the ship in that first couple of months with those injuries that they had in the backcourt, and they played fine, and they still finished number one and clearly talent-wise head and shoulders above everybody in the Eastern Conference. So I was, I was correct on that statement, but on the whole, you were correct, like you said, on Milwaukee missing the postseason. Clearly, Andre Drummond still, in my opinion, the best center in the Eastern Conference now after this season has completed. doesn't matter what happens in the postseason. That is the best center in the Eastern Conference, bar none. Um, and then you said the Cavs might only lose one game in the East. Uh, I don't know about that anymore, but still, it could happen. And I, and I, and I would not be shocked if it did. Um, did happen if they only lost one game. In my predictions, as we'll talk today, we'll go in depth about it. Andrew, you ready to get it going on the on the uh, on the Western Conference questions and flying on through this? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. We're gonna learn today. We're gonna start off in the Pacific Division. Why? Why not? Why not? The the best team in the NBA. The best regular season team of all time in NBA history, the Golden State Warriors, which I'm going to be honest, uh, I didn't think this was going to happen. Last year and during the, before the season in October when we were asking these questions about these teams, can the Golden State Warriors win it again? Uh, duh. They proved it. Last, before the season, I said no. There's no way they're going to. Uh, the West was stronger. Injuries. Uh, you know, the in- injuries, they didn't have any last year. They didn't have any this year. Curry, I thought, hit his ceiling. Clearly he didn't when he hit four threes. Uh, I was way off on that. This team can definitely win the championship again, and their bench, really this season, their bench was what made them who they were. Their bench really made them legendary this season. And I'm not saying that because it's a fact. Last year, their bench was already good, but this year it's been absolutely legendary. And, and there's no debate on that because I was listening to the radio today as I was driving through work, and I heard Rick Barry make a great point on the Colin Cowherd show. Colin wasn't there, but I heard him make a great point. Look, the Warriors, with how great they are, you know, and it kind of goes the same way with the San Antonio Spurs, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But it, it, Rick Barry talked about how this team is so good and their bench is so good. 
that Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, all those starters on the Warriors, they really didn't play very much late in ball games. And so that's, that's kind of the discredit of the fact that those guys should be MVP candidates. We'll talk about that later. But from the standpoint of uh, – when it comes to the standpoint of this team and, and their greatness, their bench really did carry them in critical moments throughout the season, especially in critical games down the stretch for the historical purposes. That's why they did so good. Um, you know, and, 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 it's, and, and the only other question I had outside of that was their bench was the fact that can they compensate for injuries? They didn't need to. They, they didn't get hurt this year again. again they, they, got, they got lucky again with no injuries. And to be honest, last year was crazy with injuries. This year we did not see any massive major injuries. We only saw it on like maybe two or three teams. The Suns come to mind. Um, a couple of other teams come to mind who had some serious major injuries. You know, Jimmy Butler obviously got hurt at one point. But there wasn't any major end-of-season, you know, end-of-career injury. Last year was definitely, as we saw this season, a fluke when it came to the health bug. It was definitely a fluke. And, and, and the Warriors kept it together, and I said that they could do it again. But the problem was, was 67 wins, I thought, was their ceiling, clearly, 73 wins was absolutely insane. And it was even more insane from the standpoint of a guy like Luke Walton doing what he's doing. We're just going to fly through the Pacific division. Then we're going to, then I'm going to get, get your take on this whole division, Andrew, as I go forward, uh, the LA Clippers, it was this year, which it still is. I wouldn't necessarily say it's championship or bust. Now it's definitely, they have to get into the, into the second round and they need to push for them to have a quote unquote successful season. If they at least push the, the Warriors to a sixth or even seventh game, if they can push the Warriors to a seventh game and have a chance to beat them, that is that will be a success for the Clippers. Now, it's clearly been derailed a little bit due to some of the, the chemistry issues they had during the early on in the season um, and also with the, with the situation they had, you know, with, with, with their own health, Blake Griffin, um, that circumstance. Also, with how well they're still the fourth seed in the West, which is crazy to think about considering all the drama they had they still had a very, very, very good year, and now it's curtailed their expectations of winning a championship because of San Antonio and Golden State. I mean, if they can win the championship now, you'd have to say this would be one of the most Cinderella stories we've ever seen if, if, if the Clippers won it now, which totally changed the narrative because coming into the season, it was if they didn't win the championship, what were they doing? But obviously with what Cleveland, uh, the Spurs, San Antonio, what those three teams have done, it really makes – the Clippers look like an, a really off-topic subject to talk about. But can they win the title? Sure. Are, is it going to happen? The, the, the chances are like 2%. I mean, they, they really don't have a chance of winning the title this year. And down the road, yes, if they keep the team together and they build off of what they did this year, absolutely. But not this year. It's just not going to happen. What will the DeAndre Jordan decision do to the rest of the team? Didn't matter. Obviously, the, the, the Clippers, uh, the, the Warriors took away the season. Will Paul Pierce wear out? Now, see, that's the interesting thing. Paul Pierce played quite a bit of games this year, but coming into the postseason, Paul Pierce is going to be a major factor for them closing ball games, And I think he's going to be a bigger factor than people give him credit for because this guy, and I know the Warriors have championship experience, obviously, and a winning, obviously, greatest regular season ever mentality, but Paul Pierce is a killer at the end of ball games, And he can do that. And he can wear out teams late in ball games. He didn't wear out. Will Jamal Crawford be traded? He was not traded. That didn't happen. This team can still win the title. And in my opinion, they're a title contender, but they are definitely looking on the outside in compared to the three teams I just mentioned. Uh, other teams within the Pacific Division uh, that, that are worth mentioning, well, the Los Angeles Lakers, we'll just start off with them. The Los Angeles Lakers, obviously a, uh, a, a barn burner of a team, a terrible, terrible team. 
Um, obviously, why did they pick up Roy Hibbert? He was he was a no show this year. It was funny, Andrew, because remember before the season started, everyone was going crazy about playoff playoffs and stuff. And we just said everyone needs to stop. Like clearly, that was the case this season. It, it just, no playoffs was never in the picture, never even in the conversation. Us talking about them banking, even having a snip at the postseason, we knew that was a laughing stock. I had them winning twenty five games this year at best, and we all knew that if they had won twenty games, it'd be a good year. They won 16 or 17 games this year, and obviously Kobe did what he did, what he did at the end of the season, and obviously Kobe announcing his retirement. Going forward, though, for this franchise and this organization, Julius Randle stayed healthy. He was a big-time piece in, in his development. He developed heavily this season, multiple double-doubles. Uh, Jordan Clarkson got better. Uh, obviously, guys kind of show, you know, obviously D'Angelo Russell. They had some drama off the court, obviously, with Nick Young and D'Angelo Russell and all that. But for the most part, an unbelievable developmental year for some of these guys individually. As a team, that will be in place for next season. Clearly a barn-burning team there that didn't work. The Suns, look, will this team finally get over the hump? Too many injuries. That's just that's what it came down to. When you lose Eric Bledsoe and uh, Brandon Knight in the middle portion of the season, you might as well write it off and say, let's try next year. And that's exactly what they did. Unfortunately, they, they fired Jeff Hornacek, which I thought was completely unfair uh, or, and they completely revamped their uh, their uh, their coaching staff, which was completely unfair in my opinion. But for the most part, uh, a lot of the questions that we asked before the year got derailed because of their injury circumstance. Can they develop something this season? There's no chance. Who needs to step up and finally get to the roster? So look, this team had a really good, uh, really tough roster before they got hurt, and then once they got hurt, it, it just it just derailed from there. Sacramento Kings. I said it before the year. Look. Who's going to start, Rajon Rondo or Darren Clawson? Clearly we saw Rajon Rondo have a bounce-back season this year. He had actually quite a bit of wipe away performances, as I was saying. I was tallying off some of the wipe away performances. And in the first quarter of the season, he had seven wipe away performances. This guy stepped up the season. Granted, maybe not in the greatest of team ways, but from the standpoint of getting that team going where they needed to go, he did a very good job, and he definitely bounced back from a year ago. Are they – are there enough basketball to go around? There were. Guys actually found ways to contribute this year. Were they a playoff team? No, but there were, there were signs of if they click, they were a dangerous team. Will Ben McLemore take the next step? He did not take the next step. Now, was that his fault? Was that his wrongdoing? Was that his sir? Not at all. I just think that this guy is what he is. He's a, he's a really good athletic player, still young, still developing, but a guy right now who is just a solid role player, and can they hold it together? Uh, clearly they're not because obviously George Carl is now going to be fired and they're going to go a different, different route again. But for the most part, when it came to their team overall, I think if they stick together and they find a way to get a better bench and maybe, maybe change out some starting guys, maybe move around Rudy Gay for some really good pieces, this team with, with, uh, with a guy in DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo, I think they have something for the future, but they have to develop those pieces and they have to get better in other parts of the game. What did you see from this? What did you see from this division, Andrew, in the Pacific Division with the Golden State Warriors and how they dominated that division this season? I'm, I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up. Um, sure. Yeah. Like you said, we we looked at the Lakers and I had a very simple philosophy for the Lakers who finished 56 games back with the Golden State Warriors. Uh you're not going to make the playoffs when three of your best four players are de- or summer league players. It's uh, Unless they're LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwayne Wade in 03, sorry, no chance. 
I mean, and I'm not even sure that team would have made the playoffs, probably, but I'm not 100, you know. And, right. and they, I mean, they came out, they played crappy enough to keep their pick. They went 5-36 and 36 on the road. They went 8-44 and 44 in their conference. 8-44. Um, yeah, they were they, in, in a bad division. Uh, of course, the Warriors are in that division, but in a in a not great right. division, they they went two and fourteen within their division. Uh, so yeah. there there's there, there was just so many problems, uh, coaching off the court, on the court, everything. Kobe came fifty two shots, you know, in some random game, <laughs> but it just. A team that's not built to win yet, still got a bright future, can still go get somebody possibly like Brandon Ingram or Ben Simmons. Uh, so you know, don't count them off. And now that Kobe's gone, they got enough. They got shots at keeping uh, or starting to get big time free agents. Uh, the Suns, like you said, I, I don't think they would be a 23 win team if Brandon Knight and Eric Bledsoe no. were healthy the whole time. Um, no, I think, no. I think 40 win team. Now that yes. being said, this might end up being a better a better thing for the Suns in the long run. They were always going to be yes. kind of stuck around, maybe getting an eight seed kind of team with the roster they had, and they're not signing any big time free agents in Phoenix. Um, so being able to get a high draft pick is going to be a, a, a very good for the team. Getting Eric Bledsoe back is going to be very good for the team. Uh, mixing him with a healthy Brandon Knight, uh, getting rid of that cancer Marquise Morris. Uh, his brother's right. not cancer, though. His brother's great. Um, the Suns <laughs> team, I think, it could possibly make the playoffs. Go from 23 wins to making the playoffs. I do think that's a real possibility. Yeah. Uh, Sacramento, what a freaking mess Sacramento is. Um, I that that's the type of franchise that puts you at a loss for words. Like, how are they? What what do they when they make some of these decisions? Like, basically telling George Carl, you're less than DeMarcus Cousins, and we're going to prove that. Where, obviously, he's less than DeMarcus Cousins, but DeMarcus Cousins is under contract. The coach wants to tell him something, he better do it. The coach wants to suspend him, the front office better agree. That was their downfall. Plus, I mean, Rondo, let's, let's stop acting like Rondo's good. He can't play defense anymore. He passes, he, he's a fist monger. He, he is a stat-padding, selfish, Again, he's another cancer he to the is, locker room. Okay, this is a, this is the perfect example. This is the perfect example to define Rajon Rondo. All the people who criticize Russell Westbrook for what he does—that is Rajon Rondo. Like that is literally him. Go on. Right, and that that's perfect. You're you're a hundred percent right. And it's. Now he, I mean, he's going to go get a max contract somewhere. He's not going to make the playoffs again, and that's that's just going to be the rest of his career. Um, the Clippers, I, I think 53 wins is disappointing for the Clippers. Then again, Blake was gone. Chris Paul played amazing. Chris Paul is being so underrated in MVP talks. I don't yeah. know how he's not top three MVP candidate. Yeah. It seems like if you don't either score, make 300 three-pointers, or put up 25 points a game, you're not allowed to be an MVP candidate. So that that's right. where, you know, that's where Chris Paul gets left out of the conversation. Plus, there's just so many damn good point guards. And, and, and even with yeah. the season he had, the season he had in about 80% of NBA seasons is the best season for a point guard in that particular year. This year, he was third. Yeah. Um, and we all know we're in the golden age for scoring, not as much for passing, although we have the score passers like Steph Curry, like Russell Westbrook, 
Um, but Chris Paul was amazing this year. He stepped up when Blake went down. Uh, he kept his team focused through a bunch of just unnecessary off-the-court nonsense, punching equipment managers in the face. Uh, yeah, drama. And, and the way the way he went about it this year was simply amazing. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, we talk about him every day. The Golden State Warriors, seventy-three wins. It has been five and a half months since the NBA season started. Six and a half months, or something like that. And they've lost nine games. Nine Crazy. games. Uh, this team is is unbelievable. Um, Steph Curry is going to win the MVP. I, I don't know if I would vote for him, uh, but I mean, four hundred threes. No. 50, 40, 90, yeah. uh, 30 points a game. Trapped 46 points in the final game to close out the 73 wins. Um, it, 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 amazing season. And now, but the thing the thing I'd be worried about if I was a Warriors fan, mm-hmm. now they're going to go into this playoffs. Yep. They got the Rockets, the Thunder, and then probably the Spurs. It's probably the Routers. Oh, no, Clippers, 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 Clippers. Because it's going to be Clippers, Rockets, Portland in the next round, no matter, so. But so yes, the Rockets right. then either Portland or the Clippers because I'm not counting Portland out. Sure. And then the, yeah. the time they get to the finals, if they do, yes. they're going to be exhausted, man. Those are, those oh, are three yes. series that could all go six-plus games. I, I think the Rockets uh-huh. might steal a game at best. But even if they get swept, they're going to, you know, they're going to play hard. Yeah. They're going to tire out the Warriors. Clay Thompson uh, is going to be dead going into that second round. Yeah, the Warriors get lucky in this aspect that the first round is like a month and a half long. Uh, you wait six weeks in between each game. So they they get lucky there. But, man, oh, man, was this a just unbelievable season. What a lot of people don't realize is Clay Thompson, if Steph Curry never existed, he would have hit the most threes in the history of the NBA this season. Think about that. Yeah. And, and you haven't heard yeah. about it one time. So this team – Shoots the three and defends the three, and that's a very good formula for winning. Probably going to go and win, a, win an NBA Finals this year. You know what? What's interesting about Golden State, and you said it yourself, you know, it's kind of like, look, I look at, I look, and this is no knock, and I know, and again, I will never disagree that I am a Steph Curry hater, and I'll always, be, I'll always proclaim that I am one, but it's the same conversation you can have about Kobe's final night in his career. Kobe had 50 shots attempted. How many shots did Steph Curry attempt three-point-wise this year? He attempted the most three-pointers in NBA history this year. He attempted, he's attempted the most three-pointers in the last three seasons in the NBA history. There's a reason why he has 400 three-pointers. Look, uh, he, he's attempted almost 700. I mean, it's just that simple. The guy, that's all he does, but at the same time, he does make them. And, and we've said it here on the show thousands of times. He's a, he's a bad shooter. Not a, not, a, not a bad shooter like a you know, badger, but a bad shot selection shooter. He'll shoot shots from 30 feet out when he's got double teams on him. Like, he does that. And that's not a knock on him because he makes them, but it's the fact. And the guy has proven that he is the greatest shooter of all time, period. And maybe, and this is, I mean, and again, it might be a little overstretching it, but it might be true. If not, he's top five. He's got maybe the second greatest shooter on his team in Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson has developed his game. Now, again, you got guys like Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Larry Bird. You got other guys, you know, Kyle Korver back in the day, Apeja Stoyakovich. But these two guys have elevated the outside game beyond what anything we could ever see, ever. And, and, and that's why this season 
They've done what they've done. Seventy-three and nine, absolutely incredible. Uh, and again, and you even said it. Look, uh, look. The only thing that I can warn people about going into the postseason, we'll give our postseason stuff here in a little bit. Obviously, after we get to the the Southwest and Northwest divisions conversation. But the only thing I want people to understand is back in 07, what did the Warriors do to the Mavericks? The Mavericks were 67 and 15, and the Warriors, I think, were 42 and 40, and they barely got into the postseason. How the Rockets have needed to play the last month of the year to really catch up and play well, they have improved their game drastically. Don't think that just because this Houston Rockets team at 41 and 41 isn't prepared to come into the postseason and at least compete. Are they going to beat the Warriors? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen. But like you said, it is going to be a series. Well, remember, remember, people, these are the same two teams from last year that played in the Western Conference Finals, and the Rockets, I think, want to prove something that they can at least steal a game and maybe even two and piss off the Warriors enough to get when they go forward through the postseason. Because the regular season, people, the difference, here's the three main differences between regular season and the postseason. Postseason, three games, uh, uh, seven game series. <coughs> Excuse me. Seven game series, adjustments are made, things change. Yep. You can't just go in, win a game, and leave. You can't just go in, win a game, and leave. It ain't like that in the postseason. After you leave, you got to go back to the drawing board. And you got to do that every single night. On top of it, the referees, call the game completely different. Steph Curry is not going to get those bump calls throughout games. Uh, Draymond Green is not going to be able to scream and have temper tantrums on the court at refs during the playoffs because they will not have it. They won't. They, I've seen it. I've seen it too many times. LeBron James gets text. If LeBron James can get a technical foul in the NBA Finals, you know that the refs are on a whole separate level in the postseason. So the refs are different. And then the other thing is it's a lot more – there's a lot more personal, like, like – like feeling in in the postseason than there is in the regular season. Regular season, you're kind of going about your day. It's like baseball. You're going about your day. You're going to play the team. You're going to go on. You're going to move on, and that's what's going to happen. It's more corporate. I call it a corporate feel. The postseason, as you saw coming down the stretch with the Golden State Warriors, and this is a credit to them, obviously, for doing what they did, but it wasn't a seven-game series. You combine the refereeing, the intense attitude of the playoffs from the players, from the crowds, the road teams, the this, the that. The referees will play it tougher. Just because the Warriors won 73 games this year and it looked rather easy doesn't mean that game one they come out and stomp the Rockets. That game two, the Rockets come out and play an overtime game against them and, and test their limits. That could happen. That really can because everything changes. It's not just the Warriors getting a day off. It's the team that they're playing that also gets a day off to get time to adjust figure out how they can figure it out. That could be a big-time detriment to Golden State moving into the postseason. That could. It really could. And I'm not trying to sit here and bash Golden State. It could happen to the Spurs because you saw it last year against the Clippers. It could happen to the Spurs. It could happen to the Thunder. It could happen to the Clippers. It could happen to all these teams in the postseason. That's why it's the NBA playoffs. That is why it is a grueling, unbelievably tough test. And with those teams at the top in the West – like you said, Andrew, and we'll talk about our playoff predictions later, but this Golden State team, if they do find a way to get themselves to the postseason, I have a feeling they're going to look a lot like the Cleveland Cavaliers that got into the postseason last year. Mangled, a couple of guys are tired, hurt, mentally exhausted. It is going to be, if they win the title this year, there will be absolutely zero, no debate that this is the greatest team of all time, and it will be by more than a landslide. It'll be like 
they're they're here. The Golden State uh, the the Bulls will be in China, and the Golden State Warriors are here. It is a 180 difference, complete difference if they win the title this year and do it in this nature because the Spurs are right on their tails of how good they are. And I'm going to talk about this in the Southwest Division. Let's just go to the Southwest Division now. Good transition point. Let's do it. Let's talk about the San Antonio Spurs, the second best team in the NBA. And here, let me mention it to you. I'm going to go a little homer here for a second. People were talking today about how the, the Golden State Warriors, you know, 73 wins and all that. And as a Spurs fan, I'm just going to say it as a Spurs fan. People, if you don't think that this San Antonio Spurs team isn't a top five team of all time, at least from the standpoint, at least from the standpoint of how they play the game and how they, how they use their roles and, and, and play their system and do that and whatnot. And here, let me explain to you why. The Golden, the Golden State Warriors won 73 games this year, right? 73 and 9. How many times did they rest their starters throughout the season? How many times did they do what they do by rest and rest their players throughout an entire game? I think it happened maybe three or four times that I can remember. The Spurs, every single year like clockwork, over the last 10 years since Tim Duncan has gotten quote-unquote old, they have found ways to rest their players, send them home, not play them, have a different lineup, start the bench, start different lineups. Start. You might see the Spurs at the end of the year with some of the most starting lineups in the NBA because they find ways to rest their players throughout entire games and even on road trips that are like two or three games long. They did that this year. They've done it the last 10 years, and this is the best team they've had in the last 10 years from playing in that type of mentality. And that's saying a lot because in, in 13 and 14, 2013 and 2014, the years they got to the finals, those were damn good teams. This team is better than those teams. This team would beat those teams right now. And the reason being for that, they were six games back of the Golden State Warriors who won 73. You start lining it up and you start looking at it from a 2020 perspective and you look back, 67 and 15, six games back of the Warriors. How many times did they rest their starters? That's all i got to say. If they played like the Golden State Warriors and came out with the mentality to try and win every single game, and, I'm, again, I'm, I'm being a homer. I'm being a little bit out there. Well, I know well, they would have lost the Golden – I know they would have lost – hold on one second. I, I, I'll let you talk in just a second. I know they would have lost the Golden State three out of four like they've done. I know that. I'm not sitting here and saying they would have won those games. But I'm telling you, if they came out and played as hard as they wanted to every other night outside of playing Golden State – this team might be 77-5. and five. I'm, I'm not going crazy with that. That might be the case. But they don't play that way. They don't try to play that way. They know that they're trying to prep to win an NBA title. That's what they do. Will they win the title this year? Again, I, I, we'll talk about that later, but it's, it's crazy to think about. Andrew, go ahead. Well, I think, first of all, 77-5 and five might be pushing it just because, I mean, I mean, that's I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being a homer. <laughs> I think maybe I think maybe your word choice was poor there. Where I don't think they come out with the attitude of not caring about winning. Right. I think that right. they just they just know that the regular season is so much less important than the postseason. But right. I, I do agree. Right. No. If if they came out, the the Warriors. And this is a credit to them, nothing less. Yes. They play every right. game like it's a playoff game. And if the Spurs did that, I do think they could have got 73 wins. Yeah. And, that, and, and see, and again, and as a Spurs fan, it doesn't bother me. We have been a team under the radar so many times throughout the franchise history, and look at what we've done in the last 
20 years, we've won, we've won five championships. I'm not complaining. And again, this year, it is really a toss up between the Warriors and Spurs. And I know people are like, Oh, the Warriors are a thousand times better than the Spurs. Just, just stop with that nonsense. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know basketball and you don't know the history of basketball. If you think the Warriors are a thousand times better than the Spurs, this Spurs team is like literally on the heels of the Warriors and how great they are. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm throwing it at people. I'm dishing it out today, man. I'm, I'm pumped up. The playoffs start tomorrow, but let's get to this. Let's get to the Southwest division stuff. Uh, can the age of this team hamper them coming come postseason time like last year? Look, here's the interesting thing about the Spurs. Last year they came into the postseason, they got in, and they played the Clippers, and the Clippers beat them one of the greatest first-round series I've ever seen, probably the greatest first-round series I've ever seen in NBA history. And uh, the Spurs lost because they weren't prepared and ready. Look, this year they're going to play Memphis. Memphis, if, if I've ever seen a team more banged up than the Memphis Grizzlies, Tell me one, because this team has no chance. They have no Marcus All. Zach Randolph's playing great, and he's kind of a, he kind of scares me a little bit as a team. But man, we got Lamarcus Aldridge, we got Kawhi Leonard, we got we got all these guys coming in this year, and the youth has really stepped up this year and played very well. The only problem that the Spurs may have going into the postseason is that they've been rather cold from three lately. Hopefully, they can figure that out and they can win their games that they need to to go on to the next round and then they can play Oklahoma City. But that's all we got to worry about in the first round is just making sure we're stable and we can do well. I think we're going to beat Memphis, obviously. But going that next round is really where I start to worry. Um, will LaMarcus fit in immediately? Yes, he did. I mean, I, I wouldn't say immediately. Definitely took him a couple months to really find his role. And as you saw come into late January, early February, right around the All-Star break, you started seeing LaMarcus Aldridge really put his stamp on this team, and now it's really a lethal weapon. Uh, they play in the division where, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, it's a really tough division. This year, obviously, New Orleans got hurt. We'll talk about them in a moment. And obviously, Dallas older. They, they, they hung around in Memphis, hung around. Houston hung around still. They had four teams get into the postseason this year at the bottom there with Dallas, Memphis, and Houston. We're about to talk about them right now. Uh, the Houston Rockets, very big disappointment. Not the biggest disappointment in the NBA. They still got into the postseason, but from the ex- expectations before the year, unbelievably disappointing. Uh, can the bench truly compensate when the starters go out? Uh, they really did not this year. I mean, the bench is very below average, very inconsistent, very scary. If James Harden wasn't on the court, this team was very JV-ish. They were not good at all without James Harden on the court. Um, you know, can they recover defensively? Look, I, I, we saw times this year where they were okay, but in, in the playoffs they can show that. But, I mean, gosh, they've been so inconsistent this year overall. It's so hard to determine. And considering the division, can they do – what they did last year, no, they didn't. They, they barely got into the postseason, and it was evident going forward and as we watched during the season. Um, and, and, and as I mentioned, the, the, the other team that got in, the Memphis Grizzlies, look, has the NBA passed them up? And we saw it this year more than the last couple of years. I think it has. I think uh, obviously the loss of Mar- Marcus Gasol is a big factor. Zach Randolph needing to help carry this team. Some of the trades they had during the year – Obviously, that they have, they've, they've, had, they've had the most lineups this year all year. They've had the most players on their team suit up for them all season long. This has been a very crazy year for the Memphis Grizzlies, um, and for the most part, they, they kept it together and found a way to at least get into the postseason. 
which you have to credit them for from that perspective. And then the last team, or the Dallas Mavericks, obviously, they found a way to get into the postseason. I'm shocked. Honestly, I thought the Dallas Mavericks would fall off this year. That, again, you have to give credit to a guy like Rick Carlisle, uh, Dirk Nowitzki. He is so old, but the guy still keeps playing his game and playing it to a very effective level. Is he the guy he was 10 years ago? Absolutely not. Is he the guy who was five years ago? Absolutely not. But he's a guy who can still go out there and get you 20 points if you desperately need it from him. He can give it oh, to yeah, you. Uh, think about this with Dirk. He's the same age as Kobe Bryant. He came in this year, shot yes. 37% from three, 45% from the field, 89% from the free throw line, and averaged 18 points. I mean, this guy, we, we talk about Tim Duncan's beat in father time, but this guy, I mean, he... Yes. That's, a, that's an all-star level player at 37 years old. Yeah. And it, it looks, it doesn't look like he's dying out there every day. Um, so, so Dirk, Dirk is still very impressive. Even, even if it looks, seems like he's a corpse of his old self, he's, he's just been uh, way better than you probably would have ex- expected coming into this year. And, and looking at this team coming into the season, look, the, the, we were questioning the vision of what they were trying to do, getting Wes Matthews, who was hurt, Darren Williams, who was really hurt, Chandler Parsons obviously being hurt. We were looking like, what, what are they trying to do? And, again, you have to give credit to a guy like Rick Carlisle to keep this team together and have them find ways to, to stay put, even when they had off nights and when they weren't playing well. They were, they're the definition of a very inconsistent team. Look, when you're 42 and 40, you're, you're an inconsistent team. That's just what you are. But from the standpoint of keeping it together and finding a way to gel and stay successful, they did that. With what they had, they did that, and you have to give them credit again. With teams like Utah coming up, you know, obviously Denver getting a little bit better. not Still not there, but getting a little bit better. Teams like that coming up and, and improving. You saw a team like Dallas still stay to the course and play the way they have been playing, even with their age. An incredible season by them from that perspective. Will they do anything in the postseason? No. They're going to play, they're going to play Oklahoma City. Kevin Durant's going to go off for 40 a night, and Russell Westbrook's going to get a triple-double every single game, well, pretty much every game, and they're going to run them out of the gym. But for the season they've had, you've got to give them praise for what they did just to get into the postseason. They're the last team in the division, the New Orleans Pelicans. This was all, and I said this, I said this at the end, at the beginning of the season, and I, and I, I, I will not back down from, from what I said, from what I meant. You know, the, the injuries early on in the year crippled this team, flat out crippled this team. Going into the end of November, I was sitting there saying, look, there's no way this team gets into the postseason. And if they had, they had to go on to almost a perfect run just to even sniff the postseason, and that's what happened. And, and you saw a guy like Anthony Davis go through some crap. You know, obviously he had some unbelievable performances, but for the most part, this team it was really looking towards next season before this season even began. So hopefully they don't blow up everything too much in the offseason. They keep Anthony Davis happy and satisfied, and they keep them going forward going into next year. What would you take on this division, Andrew, uh, throughout the season? Well, I, I, I kind of already gave my take on Dallas where I really expected them to fall off big time, be like 34, 35 win season this year, um, and, and they they defied expectations. Darren Williams played great. J.J. Barea, I don't know how he's not a starting point guard somewhere. Whenever that guy right. gets an opportunity, he falls out straight up. Nothing. And, 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 you know, I actually know why he doesn't have a starting job because he's like a five-foot-nothing white guy. That's why he doesn't have a starting <laughs> job. There, there was a span that – he got four straight starts, and he averaged like 23 points a game. One player of the week, yes. man. You don't 
players yes, in the yes. league in, in the NBA without either being Jeremy Lin or being really good. Okay, so JJ Barea was was terrific this season. I really hope some, something happens. I don't know his contract situation where he's a starter or hey maybe a backup in Pistons next year. But that would actually be the perfect Spurs player. Um, but he right, he'll command. I I think he'll you know he's the type of guy who could get a good contract if he is a free agent. Um, yes, the Grizzlies. How how the hell did they still make the playoffs, man? They, I don't know. They were throwing out D league lineups where Lance Stevenson was in position to get twenty shots a game, uh, and, yeah. and they went and they won forty two games this season. Obviously, a lot of that was Mark Sell, but it's not like they had a hot start to the season. Um, so right. Ahead of the Rockets, ahead of the Pelicans, which I wouldn't have guessed that. This was a division where if the Pelicans weren't completely beat up. They could have had five teams. They could have had all five yes. teams in the playoffs. Um, yep. They had the six, seven, and eight seeds. So obviously, one of those teams would get knocked out. But it, I mean, I mean, all five of these teams went healthier playoff caliber. Uh, so the Houston Rockets obviously a huge disappointment. I had them as my third seed coming into the season behind Golden State and behind the Clippers at one and Golden State at two. Um, yeah. So, so it was really shocking, and it, they're they're stupid to fire Kevin McHale and have JB Bickerstaff be the coach. Yeah. I mean, when they fired Kevin McHale, it wasn't like, okay, we're gonna go rebuild now, so let's get rid of this guy, get a new coach to, you know. So, what was the point? You know, JB Bickerstaff is not as good of a coach as Kevin McHale. So no. Why fire yeah. him? Ten games into the season, uh, still one of the most confusing, stupid hire or fires ever, that I've ever seen. Um, New Orleans, they were just torn apart by injuries, man. I mean, Anthony Davis is a China doll. Drew Holiday is a China yeah. doll. It, 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 they, they break. They're brittle. They Nothing really went right for them this year. They finished 37 games back of the San Antonio Spurs. Um, it, it, I mean, they only won nine road games, barely finished above 500 at home. Started the season something like 0, 0 and 10. Uh, speaking of that, side note, side note for this season. The Brooklyn Nets started the season 0 and 10 and ended the season on yes. a 10-game losing streak. I just noticed that. Right. I know it's completely random. It has nothing to do with the Southwest sure. division, but I thought, it was, I thought yeah. it was interesting. I think that's really cool, actually, especially because I went on that rant. I, I still remember the rant I went on about the Nets uh, preseason. The Pelicans, you know, they lost their first 10 games of the year. That got him off to a rough start. Thirty and thirty and forty-two really isn't a a terrible stretch. You know, it, it, you got to think about it. If in those first ten games they would have went something like seven and three, this is a thirty-seven win team. Yeah. Uh, but they were playing with Anthony Davis and a bunch of D leaguers to start the year. The Spurs yeah. are gonna Spurs are gonna Spurs are gonna Spurs are gonna Spurs. Tim Duncan is yeah. not why this team won 67 games. Manu Ginobili is not, not why this team won 67 games. Tony Parker yeah. is not why this team won 67 games. But guess what? 19 years later, they won 67 games. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. And they have, I mean, looking at their roster and the players they have locked up, they got at least four more playoffs, probably 51 years ahead of them. No, I, I went. I went and complete guess, not complete guess. You look at the team coming into the year, and 
You didn't think Kawhi Leonard was going to be MVP candidate. You know, you didn't. You didn't. I mean, you knew he was good. You knew he was a great defender, but MVP yeah, candidate, right. you probably didn't think. And I predicted the forty nine wins. That's one of those things where if they would have won forty nine wins. I would have rubbed it in. I would have acted like I was the smartest I know you guy in the world, even though clearly it was just a complete guess. Um, now they obviously heard me, and I'm clearly the only reason that they won sixty seven games. <laughs> um, because they took offense to it. I mean, they went they went fourteen and two in a division that had four playoffs. Fourteen and two. Yeah. Forty and one at home. They lost one game in San Antonio this season. To one the greatest game. team of all time in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. To a seventy three win basketball team. Uh, right. This is gonna go, this is probably gonna go down as the most underrated team in the history of basketball, unless. They knock out the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. And you mentioned you mentioned the Brooklyn Nets. I was going to bring this up when you talked about the Sacramento Kings. They they remind me a lot of what Brooklyn is going through. A terrible organization. Uh, uh, you know, a front office decisions that are just terrible, and on the court tragedies that are happening uh, on a regular basis. Memphis to a degree, kind of feels like the same way on a different level. They're still a good organization, and I think the only reason they won 42 games and got into the postseason this year was because of their grit and determination to try and prove that they're still good enough to do well, which is fascinating because you had a team like Utah who played very well this year, and the only reason they didn't go 41-41 and 41 is because Kobe decided to go off, and they kind of played lazy defense in that game. And so they would have been 41-41 and 41 in Memphis. If they would have lost two more games, well, then Utah would have been in the playoffs. So we would have seen that happen. And Utah is the team coming up in the West. Um, but Memphis is kind of like that, too, where they're fading. Dallas obviously just holding it together. They're, they just got glue holding them together barely. Same with Memphis. The Rockets were just very inconsistent this year. That bottom half of this of this of this uh, comp, of this division now really looks like, and I hate to say this as a, I, I'm not trying to sound Homer when I say this, but really, it looks like for the next I don't know unless the Rockets pick it up next year and get better you know get better play, it really looks like the San Antonio Spurs are going to take this division the next like five years. And I, I don't want to sound like a Homer saying that, but it just looks like that's the way it's going in this division. These teams are still yeah, good. In Dallas, Memphis, and Houston. That's the main point. I mean, they did have four playoff teams, but aren't going to be playoff teams for long in Memphis and Dallas. Houston, we really have no idea. Dwight's probably gone. Who are they going to replace him with? Who are they going to put around Harden with that $20 million-plus plus plus the cap going up? Uh, New Orleans, are they ever going to be able to stay healthy? Because not a single player, not a single key player on that team has had a healthy season. Um, nope. If I, I think if you see one more injury-riddled season for Anthony Davis, you're going to be looking at him yeah. getting traded out of New Orleans. I really do. Unbelievable. Um, so yeah. San Antonio is in the driver's seat maybe now more than they ever have been in their division, yeah. which is unbelievable Absolutely. to say, being that they've made the playoffs. Is it 17 straight years? I don't know. Since Tim Duncan didn't make it, since Tim Duncan before the Tim Duncan era that year before, they didn't make the postseason. But ever since then, yeah, they've been yeah. in the postseason. Speaking of playoffs, so. speaking of playoff streaks on the TV in front of me is a, is my hometown team, which uh, you know this is the 25th consecutive playoff appearance, which is mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling. They suck this year. They're lucky to get in the playoffs, but just think about how long the Spurs have been doing it, and then add like eight, nine years. Just, just, and that's when you yeah. got the Red Wings. So they sucked this yeah, year. The I don't think they'll win this because then they'd stop. Then they'd actually try to build for a Stanley Cup instead of just 
building to make the playoffs, but getting off topic. But just imagine the Spurs if they got to 25 years in a row. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Honestly, at this point, it really wouldn't shock me, especially knowing that the, the old guard's heading their way out and the new guard's coming in and the new guard is not. I wouldn't say the new guard's as legendary as the old guard, but definitely still qualifies as a very, 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 very good team and will be in the top portions of the Western Conference for years to come. Um, let's get to the Northwest Division. And, and I, want, I want to talk about the team and the coach of the year that if he's not coach of the year, I, I feel like the NBA is, is rigging the system if he's not. The Portland Trailblazers. And I brought this up yesterday, Andrew. This team won 44 games this year, 44 and 38. No one thought if you, if you weren't on some kind of mushroom or smoking some kind of drug, and you thought that this team was going to win 44 games, I think I would have said, and I said this to uh, Jonathan yesterday, I said, look, uh, go find a crazy hospital, uh, go check yourself in, take about three months off, and come back and tell me and, and let me know what happened. And this team got off to a rough start. I believe Jonathan said they were, what, 11 and, 11 and 21 or whatever, their first 33 games of the year, something like that. And they sputtered off, and they, they, they started, and then they went on this, like, 30 and 10 run to finish the season. They they really put maybe not thirty and ten, thirty and twenty or something like that. They they were fan either way. They did not start very well, and they came in and this season they proved why that good organizations really keep the team together. And if you want to listen to that episode, go feel free to listen to it uh, from from yesterday. But I wanted to I wanted to bring this up to you, Andrew, about this team, which is amazing. Last year, this team was fifty one and thirty one. They were nineteen and twenty two on the road. This year with Four less starters, they were 16-25 and 25 on the road. The division last year, granted, I understand, Oklahoma City was out of the postseason. I get it. They weren't as good. Clearly, they were, safe. they were on life support all year long, considering KD was hurt and Russell Westbrook had to play literally a superhero just to keep them alive in it. And they, were not, they just were not what they were. They were this year's uh, New Orleans Pelicans. They really were. And what's crazy is last year in the division, with the team they had, all the players, Batum, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, you know, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Robin Lopez, uh, Wes, Wes Matthews, also, and then obviously Damian Lillard. And that team went 51-31 and 31 and 11-5 and five in the division. And since last year was the last year that they had the division record where if you, had, if you won the division, you at least had home court. So they were 51-31. and 31. Two teams were better than them record-wise, and they would have gotten the sixth seed last year. Think about that. If it was this year's setup, they would have had the sixth seed last year. This year, granted, seven games worse, but they are the fifth seed. And still, with the Thunder, with how good they were this year, the Thunder, as we all know, can, can win the championship this year if they ride the ship correctly and they win it. They could. They could be a championship-contending team. Those top four teams in the West are championship contending teams. But this Thunder, this, this Trailblazer team, this is the most mind-boggling stat I could think of, and everyone who heard the show last year, yesterday knows what I'm talking about. 11-5 and five in the division this year, just like last year. Think about that. That is mind-boggling. With a better Utah Jazz team, with a, better, with a better Oklahoma City Thunder team, this team a year ago lost four of their five starters, 44 wins, 11 and 5 in the division, 28 and 13 at home. Very, very impressive. If Terry, if Terry Stotts isn't coach of the year, I, I may just stop talking about coach of the year, and I'll say I never know what I'm talking about because he, he is the, the definition of coach of the year. So for that, the Trailblazers get my approval for what they did this season. And, and all of our questions coming into the season were crazy. What happened this summer? Clearly, they knew what they were doing. Clearly, 
not re-signing LaMarcus, not signing him to a bogus big-time contract like the Spurs did. They knew what they were doing. They didn't need him. They don't need him. Now, if he was there, clearly he would have helped. But I think the chemistry wasn't working with him in Portland or something because the team is still good. Are they a championship-contending team? Absolutely not. But are they a very, very, very good team where if one guy joins them and they get better? Oh, yeah. They become scary real quick with the organization they have. Will this team be relevant again? Uh, yeah, they're definitely relevant. A fifth seed. Outside of if – you, if you eliminated the top four teams who, as we know, are potential championship contending teams in the Western Conference, this is the team. This is the team. This is the, this is the best outside-looking-in team, which we would have never thought would have been possible coming into this season. And then can, can 30 wins be achievable this season? Clearly, 44, unbelievable. Will Damian Lillard get frustrated? Hell, hell no, he did not get frustrated with a guy like C.J. McCollum now turning into a top five, maybe. Nah, maybe they're not. I wouldn't go there yet. I was going to say top three backcourt, but definitely a top five backcourt in the NBA. Who would have thought that coming into this season for the Portland Trailblazers? The Oklahoma City Thunder, what else has needed to be said? They came into this year, obviously, with, with – I mean, we all knew they were going to bounce back and play well, one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Uh, they definitely bounced back in a big way. The Oklahoma City Thunder – as they won 55 games and got the third seed. Will KD be distracted? Not at all. This team is locked in all season long, definitely played great basketball all year. The only teams that really sputtered them out were the Warriors and Spurs. Outside of that, they played great basketball against everybody else. Can this team put it all together? They have. I think they have put it all together. They still got to figure out their late-game situations, and they got to figure out a little bit better of how to play as a team. But I think over the last week or so, at the end of the season, you saw some really good chemistry games by them, and you saw Russell Westbrook really turn into an overall team player like he was at the beginning of this year, making some really great IQ plays. This team, if they put it all together in the first round and go into the next round and play, play the Golden State or the San Antonio Spurs tough, who knows? They could beat the Spurs. I'm telling you, I, as much as I, I told you the Spurs were great and everything, don't discount the Thunder. They are also an unbelievable team. Um, can this team make their impact uh, in a deep Western Conference run? Absolutely they can. Uh, can Russell Westbrook and KD, can they work together? And they, they sure have this season. I'll tell you that much with that much to go. Utah, I said this before the season. This team is, is, is the nation's dark horse. They were one game short. That's all that it, really they, – they took massive strides this year. They improved drastically. 40 wins, a big-time achievement. We thought they'd get into the postseason. We thought they'd be a really good team. Look, all they have is to go up from here. Starting next year, they're going to be a team that's probably going to make the postseason to make a deep run. They remind me a lot of the Portland Trailblazers going into next season, a team that people won't think about, but definitely you'll see them in the postseason next year. I can pretty much guarantee you that. Another team in the West also – um, in that in that uh, Northwest Division, the Denver Nuggets, obviously last year, 1-2-3 Cancun, bad season for them at the end, really bad things happened in the front office there, but they found a way to turn around and get the young guys involved and really create a team where when you talk about platforms going forward, they have a good one. Now, are they set up to win championships down the road? No. Are they set up to be great down the road? Not necessarily, but they're set up to be a team kind of like the Atlanta Hawks over the last 10 years where the Atlanta Hawks have made nine straight playoffs in the Eastern Conference, in the Eastern Conference. and the Denver Nuggets could be a team like that two, three years from now. They really could. Maybe even next year they could take that next step and challenge for an eighth spot. They set themselves up this year. They found a way to get, it, get better, and they found a way to improve throughout the whole season. And the last team in the division, the Minnesota Timberwolves, look, 
We said it this year. This team's goal was to win 30. They didn't quite get it done. They had 29 wins. But considering who they picked up at number one, oh, there was no debate. The best rookie in all of basketball, Carl Anthony Towns, proved to all of us why in the next Maybe even next year. Shoot, maybe this summer. Maybe shoot. I'm t- maybe next year. This guy may be winning multiple MVPs in his future. This guy is the next Shaq. I'm telling you, I'm not being over the top with that. I'm not being out of control. This man, in the next maybe year or two, maybe three years, I can. I will just guarantee it right now on the final show before the playoffs. I'll guarantee it right now. Carl Anthony Towns will be the best, best, best big man in basketball in 2020. Guaranteed, if he stays healthy, if he stays the par and stays the course, Carl Anthony Towns will be the best big man in basketball by 2020. That is not a very far-fetched stretch to say. This guy was through the roof amazing this year as a rookie. And remember, he's only 19 years old. He did not play like a 19-year-old this year. If the team was older around him, a better team was around him, a more developed team was around him, that's what this team would look like. But we all know this team reminds everybody who knows basketball and has been watching basketball the last five, ten years, this team is so scarily similar to what Oklahoma City had back in the late 2000s, early 2000s, before they went to the finals in 2012 when it comes to their developmental process. Andrew, what's your take on the, Pacific, on the Northwest Division and what it looked like this season? Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to – uh, kind of fly through this because we've hit the nine o'clock hour, and now I want I, I really want to get to the playoff prediction because that's kind of what yes, I think we're, people want to hear. Absolutely, more so. Yes. Uh, Minnesota, you're right. Carl Anthony Towns. I don't want to call him the next Shaq. Shaq is the top three big man of all time, in my opinion. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is going to be that, but I think he's a guy who could go to eight to ten All Star games. And mind you, he is a big man. Injuries can happen very easily. Um, so you always got to watch out for that with big men. It, it's always a scary proposition. Um, but him, Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine, Ricky Rubio, Gorgie Dink, the future on that team is unbelievable. They could be a, I think they'll be a playoff team next year. Uh, another high draft pick this year is going to help. Um, Zach Levine, I think, is the most underrated young player in the whole league. People think all he can do is jump. Yeah. But this guy, when he goes out and gets on a hot streak, man, reminds me a lot of Clay Thompson. Not, not as far as similar players, but – Right, um, right, right. Just he gets on a hot streak. The, the the way he can really just just shoot it and and play. Um, Denver, they're the weirdest team in the whole NBA. You don't know if they're going to get better. You don't know if they're going to get worse. They have talent. They have a good draft pick, but you just don't know with them. And they're not really worth your time to even think about. Uh, Utah, what a heart crushing end of the season. Uh, really blew their chance to make the playoffs. Uh, Quinn Snyder, though, fantastic coach. I mean, fantastic. Yes. Uh, w- one of the one of the best I- in the whole league. Uh, Portland, I said coming into this year, Damian Lillard is the most overrated player in the league, and this might be the worst team in the history of basketball. Um, thinking about how crazy that is, or how crazy that looks now, 44 wins. Do I think they'll come back and win 44 games next year? I don't. I, I don't think they can sustain this. Um, but I, I do think there's a great story this year, and I actually think they could put up a fight in the first round. Oklahoma City, 55 wins, I think is too too little. I, I really do. Um, yeah. It's still the same problems uh, under Donovan that that plagued them under Scotty Brooks, ISO late in games, no, uh, just just selfish, selfish things. Um, and just so everybody knows, I know I've said it a couple times, but I really think we're going to have Kelvin on here in about 10 minutes. 
uh, so he can introduce himself. His playoff article will go up on the website tonight. Um, and since since we're talking playoffs, let's let's get into playoffs. Let's do it. One thing before we get into the playoff talk, though, let's take five minutes to talk about our awards prediction. If you got them up, if you do, you have yours available, Andrew? Do you? I, I'm going to give mine right now. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'll give you mine, and then you give you yours, and we can talk about it real quick before we talk playoffs in about five minutes. My MVP, look, I hate to say it. I really do. If the NBA, if, if the NBA could do it, I would. I, they should. They should give co-MVPs to Steph and Draymond Green, but we all know the MVP is going to go to Steph Curry. I think he's going to get it. I don't want him to. I don't think – obviously, all the stats and all the all, – 73 and 9, all – look, it all points to him. It has to go to him. But in deep down in my heart, I really hope the NBA – and I know they won't because it's not that way, but if they gave it – if they give a split to Draymond and Steph or if they just gave it to Draymond, I'd be so happy. Oh, my gosh, I'd be so happy because I know Draymond's not the best player on the team, but he is the motor – I mean, in my opinion, he's the best player in the team. But for most people's opinion, he's not the best because of obviously all the whole thing stuff. But Steph's going to get the MVP, and that's why I think. Defensive player of the year. Look, last year, he got it. He should not have gotten it last year. DeAndre Jordan should have gotten it last year. But this year, he deserves it this year, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Clearly, the best defender in the league. Every time he played someone who was a great player, they, they, they did not play well. If Draymond Green gets it, I will not be upset. Rookie of the year, no debate. Carl Anthony Towns, it should be unanimous. This guy was the best rookie all season long. Most improved player, C.J. McCollum, no debate. Guy came in, was outstanding, improved immensely, and helped that team do much better. Coach of the year, Terry Stotts. If he doesn't, I'm going to lose my shit. Oh, excuse my language, my poop. Uh, Will Barton, uh, sixth man of the year. Uh, this guy for Denver – he played in games this year off the bench where he scored 30 points multiple times. And this guy could have been a starter on many teams this year. Not all teams, but many teams for sure. And he was definitely a big-time impact on that. First team All-NBA. My All-NBA teams are all screwed up, but my first team is what I really care about. Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard. Look, if Kawhi Leonard and KD flip-flop, that's totally fine. I could see it happening. I really could. But considering the year that the Spurs had, I don't know how you can't leave. I don't know how you can leave Kawhi Leonard off that list. But if KD takes it, it would not bother me one bit. Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Paul George, and Lamarcus Aldridge on the second All Team All NBA, and then on the third Team All NBA, it kind of gets a little hairy. But I have Chris Paul, Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry, James Harden, and Demarcus Cousins. I know it's crazy on that third team, and it's not 100% accurate, but that's who I think I have in my in mind. And who do you have, Andrew? Um, well, we'll start with uh, the All-NBA team. Uh, I, I'm pretty similar to you. I got Steph. I got Russ. I got LeBron. I got DeMarcus Cousins. And then okay. I actually have uh, Kawhi Leonard on there as well. Um, so I think that's actually the – is that the same as you? No, I had Cousins in the third because I, I picked all forwards. See, the, I'm I'm confused on the All NBA team and how they select it now because I don't know if they pick centers or whatever. I, but if they did pick a center, I, I, I would agree I, with I, you I, and okay. pick Demarcus. I, I'm 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 who knows? I mean, they don't want centers right. in the All Star game. So, uh, my second team, I had Chris Paul, uh, Draymond Green at power forward, Andre Drummond at center, and yeah. uh. I, I can't remember who I had at small forward, and now my thing. Oh, and uh, Paul George. Yeah. Kevin Durant. I'm sorry. Kevin Durant is my second small forward. 
Um, okay. My third team, small forward, is Paul George. Center is Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, point guard yeah. is... Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know where my list is at, so I'm going kind of crazy here. Uh, my shooting guard is James Harden. Um, my point guard is actually Kemba Walker. Okay. Um, I think the year he had this season, I, I took a lot of it off of value, and I think the year he yeah. had this season was unbelievably valuable to that team. Yes. I might be missing somebody. Yes. Again, I don't have my list in front of me. I don't know where I said it, which is really annoying. Um, my MVP, yeah. I, man, I want to give it to LeBron. I, I think LeBron is I know. still the most valuable player to any team, and I don't even think it's close. Yes. And I wish it was just judged purely based off of that, but it's really not. Steph Curry yes. is the most popular player. Steph Curry is the coolest shots. Steph Curry is the biggest moments. But Steph Curry's team still wins 60 games without him. LeBron's team wins 35. Um, but I am going right. to give it to Steph Curry. The season he had was one of the best seasons in NBA history. Um, so I am going to say he, he's the most valuable player. Um, you, know what, you know what's a weird award this year? It's sixth man of the year. Who would you say you had? Will Barton. See, Will Barton, though, when, when you look, he kind of just – he started the season so hot, and then you didn't hear him yeah. again. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he, he wasn't great. He still averaged 14 points a game, five and a half rebounds, right. two and a half assists. I, he, he's my sixth man, but it was just a weird year for the sixth man. In the beginning of the year, he was clear cut. And then it kind of went to – normally that's a very talked about award. This year, yeah. not so much. Um, yeah. My coach of the year – See, I know you were all, it has to be Terry Stotts. Now, there's three options I'd be okay with. Co-coach of the year with Luke Walton and Steve Kerr. Those are the that only would, yeah. three I'd be okay with. I hope Terry Stotts wins it because, I mean, I predicted them to be the worst team in the history of the NBA coming into the season. Um, so, yeah. so I hope he wins it. Defensive player of the year is Kawhi Leonard. It's not close. It, 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 I mean, Draymond Green isn't in Kawhi Leonard's league. and He's not. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, uh, rookie of the year, Carl Anthony Towns, obviously, again, not very close at all. My most improved no. is CJ McCollum, again, not very close at all. Most of these awards are pretty clear cut. Um, you could say, you could I, say Kemba Walker's most improved. You could say Kemba Walker. I mean, that was a pretty yeah, good but, year I mean, he had this year. CJ right, McCollum right. at 13 points a game. Like, Kemba, it was was supremely improved. But, first of all, you're not going to win it if you are already good, which Kemba was. Um, right. So, you're not going to Then, you have to be like C.J. McCollum, where you were a bench player. You're, you're, you didn't do you, – you were known, but you weren't known as, you know, this this a great player, a very good player even, um, and you turn it into that. Somebody who I, I'm kind of shocked. When uh, or isn't in the conversation, and I'm not just being a homer, I promise, is Reggie Jackson. He went from 14.5 yeah. points and six assists to 18.8 points, six assists, uh, added a rebound, um, excuse me, lost a rebound. But, I mean, this guy played a, a lot better. I mean, a lot better than he was last year. You want to hear something uh, crazy about Reggie Jackson? You want to hear something crazy yeah. about Reggie Jackson? So, as I'm going through this whiteboard performance tally, with these players, Anthony Davis had five whiteboard-worthy performances in the first quarter of the season. Reggie Jackson also had five. That's all you need to know. This guy stepped up his game tremendously. Right, exactly. And, and I mean, 
his three-point percentage went up. His field goal percentage stayed the exact same, actually. But his three-point percentage went up 6%, dude. That's a huge leap. Huge leap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he was the most clutch player. I mean, this is this is no debate. He was the most clutch player in the league, period. Yep. He had the most points. He had the most three-pointers made. He had the most free throws made. He had the highest free throw percentage. I mean, he did it all. Um, and and yep. now that we're wrapping up the, the awards, Calvin is calling in any minute. He's just getting some things in order. It should be around 9.15. He's calling in. Uh, but I, I do think C.J. McCollum is obviously the most improved player. And, again, I don't think he's close. Um, it was a, this is a year with the awards. The awards just seem so skewed by the media with MVP. I, I think Kawhi Leonard is clearly the defensive player of the year, but people don't really – Kawhi Leonard isn't the defensive player of the year because of things the media shows you. Um, right. They push his defense on you in ways different than where he's great. He, he Just the numbers are where he's great. And, and it's not big blocks. and huge. The steals are pretty obvious. But it's just the correct thing, the correct fundamental plays, which is what the Spurs are, and that is that is why he's my defensive player of the year. Yeah, he's uh, and last year I feel like Draymond, I feel like uh, DeAndre Jordan should have won defensive player of the year for multiple reasons, but Kawhi Leonard this year is is like almost non debate outside of Draymond Green because I thought Draymond Green could have got it last year as well, but, but Kawhi this year is just full frontal, just, just no chance outside of that. Well, and that's another thing. Real quick, that's another thing. If you have Hassan Whiteside in your top three for defensive player of the year, stop doing yeah. award predictions. Stop doing yeah, exactly. award predictions. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. I 100% agree. I saw, to defend I, the most common play in basketball, the pick and roll. He refuses to defend it. He is not a great Hassan defender. Hassan Whiteside. shot blocker. Hassan Whiteside turned into a bench player the final month of the season. You don't deserve an award if you become if you don't play if you don't start the final month of the season. You hit it right on the head. He's turned into clearly just a garbage man. He he has not developed his game at all. I mean he's all he does is grab boards. All he does is block shots. He does nothing else. Literally, he does nothing else other than tip in balls. He has a little bit of an offensive move. He's big, but he 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 is no. No real fundamentals at all. He he he's kind of like baby DeAndre Jordan. That's what he is. Like that's literally all he is. Except DeAndre actually plays defense and, and knows how to play uh, fundamental defense to a degree. But that's what he is. He's not a big time threat. Oh, outside of that, so uh, I, I'm with you. I I actually don't think DeAndre Jordan is a great defender either. But I get the point you're making. Let's talk about playoff predictions. Let's do it. Andrew, you go first. I want you to go first because then I'm going to go into mine. Are, are we going uh, – are we just – did you guys do Eastern Conference yesterday? No, 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 no. We're doing all of it. We're doing all of it today. All right, let me pull up the bracket here. Um, well, let, let, dun, dun, dun. Let's, start with, let's start with the East. Um, Why we're here. One verse eight, my, my Pistons. I really think that they – and this isn't me. This probably isn't me being a homer. But sure. this Pistons team, Stan Van Gundy and this Pistons team knows what to do against LeBron James. Stan Van Gundy has his whole career, and I really think – I know I predicted them to lose one game throughout the whole Eastern Conference playoffs, but I really think they could be the hardest series for Cleveland and maybe take yes. them to six. They're not getting past six. I agree. They're not going to be foolish but I really do think that this team could push him. I know it's playoff LeBron. I know it's a whole different animal. Um, 
But the Pistons got six, five to six players who are all very good. Um, and, and that can win you a playoff game or two against even a team as good as the Cavaliers. Um, Marcus Morris was a great matchup for LeBron. He loves playing LeBron. He's one of the few players who can talk LeBron, talk to LeBron, kind of crap talking, and, and just kind of still play with him. Like when Tobias Harris used to do it, LeBron used to just dominate. LeBron hated playing the, loved playing the Magic because he knew he was just going to go dominate Tobias Harris. Marcus Morris does it, but he does it in a different way. He will push you. He will put his nose on your nose and get in your face in the middle of the court. Um, so Marcus Morris is kind of that, that guy who I think is the X factor in this series. Um, you're still going to get playoff LeBron. The Cavs are still going to advance. But I do think um, Marcus Morris could be the key cog in why the Pistons win one, maybe two games. All right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you mine. I think Cleveland wins uh, in five. I think they're going to win 4-1 over the, over the Pistons. I wouldn't be shocked if the Pistons won two, but two would be a maximum as the Cavs will get it done. Andrew, who do you think in Toronto and Indiana? Oh, I think this is going to be an awesome series. If Paul George yeah. can be somewhat efficient in this series, I think this could go seven. Um, I, I think it will probably go six, uh, and I think the Raptors will come out. But I think Paul George is going to average something nutty, like 35 points a game in this this series. Um, and I, I really think that he could push. And, and don't get me wrong, this, this is not a – knocking on the Raptors and how bad they've been in the playoffs over the past few years. Um, this is just saying that I think the Pacers are a lot better than a seventh. And they were they were inconsistent right. all the year. They had a ton of fourth quarter leads. Uh, and I think this is going to be a very fun series watching DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry go against Paul George, go against George Hill. And George Hill playoff defense, as we all know, is terrific. Um, so yes. I think this is going to go six games, maybe seven. If it goes seven, I actually think the Pacers will win the series. And uh, I, I think I think it's I think you're spot on with the six game series. I think Toronto's going to win in six, but again, I would I would not be shocked if Indiana found a way to win in seven. I really wouldn't. Um, let's go. To, let's finish out the finish the rest of these series. Uh, I'm just going to give you mine. Uh, Miami wins well, four quick, three. I have them. Calvin on the line. Let's get Calvin here. Let's get Calvin. Uh, let's get Calvin's predictions with us. Um, everybody, Calvin is here on the line. Uh, his article is going up tonight, his playoff prediction article, so I can't think of a better topic for us to talk about. Calvin, what's going on, man? Hey, hey guys, how are you? All right, everybody, this is the, the Hooper's Log first writer. Uh, Calvin, real quick, just because I want to make a point here, how much writing experience did you have before before we started working together? Um, I barely had any, but you guys gave me a chance. I wrote, I wrote a couple articles. Uh, I sent one to you guys. So, but other than that, I haven't really had as much experience and I'm ready to get, get more. Yeah. And and that's, that's, that is the point of the Hooper's log. Chris, when you, when you made the Hooper's log, you had very little experience. When I joined the Hooper's log, I had absolutely no experience. Um, and now Calvin's coming on with very little to no experience. You want to be part of this team. You come be part of this team. As long as you love basketball, you know what you're talking about, and you're not going to make exactly. a fool out of yourself, uh, we, we want you here. We want you here to write with us. So, so Chris, you go ahead with your predictions. We'll get to Calvin, and then we'll get to me last. All right. So, as I mentioned in the first round of the Eastern Conference, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, I have them winning 4-1 over the Detroit Pistons. I have Toronto winning 4-2. Wouldn't be shocked if Indiana got a little further. And then this is where it gets really crazy because I could see 
all these series going either way. Miami, I have them winning 4-3 over Charlotte, but I honestly would not be shocked if Charlotte won in six or if they won in seven. It, that, that, that series is going to be absolutely bonkers. I think it's going to be the best first-round series we've seen in a long time outside of, obviously, the Spurs. And maybe not competitive-wise, but from the standpoint of X's and O's, it's going to be fascinating to watch Charlotte in Miami play. I think Miami's going to get it done. Boston and Atlanta is also another one that's also fascinating to watch. A team last year in Atlanta who this year the Boston Celtics look like this year's Atlanta Hawks from the standpoint of improving massively, uh, playing small ball and playing the way that they played Boston. I have them winning the series 4-3, to three, not just because we're on CLNS Radio, but I think fundamentally they're going to be the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Who do you have in the East, Calvin? And then we'll move on to the Western Conference. All right, so for the East, I'll start off with the Cavs and the Pistons. I got the Cavs winning 4-1. to one. I mean, the Pistons have improved, but the Cavaliers with LeBron, it's just too much. Um, we'll move to the Raptors and the Pacers. I got the Raptors winning 4-2. to two. Uh, DeRozan and Lowry are just too explosive. George has been kind of inconsistent so far this season, so I had to go with the Raptors. Um like you said, with the Heat and the Hornets, that's a close one, and I'm going with the Hornets. Uh, I know it's split between them. I think it can go either way, but I think that Kemba, yeah. I think Kemba's going to step up in the seventh game, and I think, I think that the Hornets will get it done. Plus, the Heat don't have Chris Bosh. He, he's out, so. Um, and then the Hawks and the Boston Celtics, another one that can go down to the end, and I think the Hawks will actually get this one done. A little more experience. Sure in the playoffs, and I mean, both great coaches, two, two of the probably top five coaches in the league, but I'm going to have to go with the Hawks on that one, four to three. Andrew, who do you have in Miami, Charlotte, Boston, Atlanta? Yep, uh, Miami, Charlotte, I have Charlotte taking the first two, and then I actually, or excuse me, Miami taking the first two, Charlotte winning the next three, and then I think Miami takes the following two. I think that's going to be the funnest first-round series we have. Uh, I think you're going to see some March Madness-type Kemba play. I think you're going to see some vintage yeah. Dwayne Wade. You're going to see a whole lot of things. That That is a series that my eyes are going to be glued to. Of course, my eyes are going to be yeah. glued to it for about a month and a half because, like I said, there's a week in between every game in the playoffs. Uh, so that, that gets <laughs> a little bit annoying. And then the Hawks, Celtics. I actually have the Hawks winning this in five games. Uh, I think the Celtics wow. are a little bit ahead of their progression. I think they've had a great regular season. But I think the Hawks are a really good basketball team, man. I actually think the Hawks played a little bit worse this season than how good of a team sure. they actually are. Um, this is a team that made yeah. it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I predicted them to go to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Not going to happen now that they're going to have to play, you know, LeBron in the second round if they beat the Celtics. But this is a team that's Eastern Conference Finals capable if they're on the other side of the bracket. Um, and I, re- I really think that they're just going to kind of handle the Celtics. Celtics are a very young team with very little postseason experience. Hawks don't have a, a, a crazy amount of postseason experience, but they're veterans. They're fundamental players. They kind of get the Spurs attitude, as we hear all the time. And I think that they're going to beat the Celtics in five. Yeah, I said that on CLNS Boston Radio. Um, <laughs> and I know people don't want to hear that because, especially Celtics fans, people see, I think people are overrating this team a little bit. I do think Boston is good, but I think the Hawks are going to handle the Celtics in five. Well, let's go into the second round of the Eastern Conference. This is who I have. Look, uh, Cleveland's going to beat Detroit in five. They're going to beat Boston in five, four to one, if they play Boston. And even if they play Atlanta, they're going to beat them in five. It's just going to happen. Uh, they might even sweep. Uh, Miami, 
I think, look, if Miami and Toronto face up, this could be a seven-game series, but this is, the, this is what's going to be the Achilles, Achilles heel of Toronto, I think, going into the second round. I think that bench is going to run into some serious problems against the Miami bench, and if Joe Johnson plays anything like we've seen Joe Johnson play, that matchup problem for Toronto becomes very exclusive because Dwayne Wade and DeMar DeRozan, look, you can say all you want about how great DeMar DeRozan's been, which he has, and Kyle Lowry's been great as well. But when you have a guy like Dwayne Wade with his presence and how he's played the game of basketball the last, you know, 10-odd-plus years and, and the experience he has, and then you have a guy like Joe Johnson who, let's be honest, this last week, week and a half, he has turned his game – he has played like the Joe Johnson he did back in Phoenix for the first time in a very long time, and his role has been perfect. That bench for Miami is scary. Um, I think this team could beat Toronto in a six in six games in the second round. Don't be sh- I would not be shocked if Toronto got to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think Miami gets it done. And then for the Eastern Conference Finals, I got Cleveland beating Miami. It doesn't matter who Cleveland's going to play; they're going to beat Miami in five. But Cleveland's going to win in five every single series, and then they're going to get to the the NBA Finals rested and ready to go. Who do you guys have in the second round, and then who do you have in the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, Andrew, you go first, and then uh, Calvin, you follow up. Yep, I got uh, the Cavaliers taking out the Hawks. I think they, I think they sweep them again. Uh, that's the kind of thing that I, LeBron kind of likes to do. You know, like he, you can tell he likes the, the Bulls fans' hearts every year. You can tell he just kind of likes to step on their throats every year. Um, and, and I think he's gonna go all all out. I mean, like NBA Finals type effort against the Hawks to sweep them. Um, and then let's see. It'll be Miami against uh, Miami against the Raptors, and I think the Raptors will handle them pretty in five or six games. I don't think they'll go as deep. I don't think Miami is as great as people think. I think Miami is a great regular season team, but they have a lot of issues. I saw Whiteside being one, just kind of the way he plays. I I don't think fits a playoff series. Um, so that being said, I actually have the one versus the two in the East. Uh, I have the Cavaliers winning in. Six games, I think Toronto will come in and take two. It'll be the hardest Eastern Conference series that LeBron, uh, LeBron James-led team has had in a few years now. Um, but I do think they'll win, uh, and I think that they'll be. And I think they'll be the the earlier team to clinch for the playoffs. Um, and by that I mean I think the Western Conference the Western Conference Final series will go a little bit longer. And Calvin, go ahead. Calvin, who? Oh. Um, all right, so, of course, I got the Cavs winning against Atlanta, probably in five, four or five, honestly. I don't see LeBron losing more than twice against the Hawks, especially they lost Carroll this year, and he was their top defender. He got hurt last year, but uh, they have right. less. Baysmore's good, but, nah, they, they're not going to – they're not winning more than two games. And on the right. other side is Hornets versus, Hornets versus Raptors. That's what I got. Um, I really like the Hornets, and I don't trust the Raptors in the playoffs necessarily. Yeah. But I, I just don't think I can take the Hornets over the Raptors. So I'd probably say Raptors in six, but Hornets put up a valiant effort. And then the Eastern Conference so, Finals, what do you have? You, you have you have LeBron going? Oh, yeah. LeBron, LeBron's going to the Finals again. Uh, he's going to beat the Raptors in five or six. And All right, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. This sounds good. All right, first round, let's go to the Western Conference, and then we'll talk about the NBA Finals, and then we'll get on. Actually, then I'll do my whiteboard, the performance of the year. I know you want to hear that, Calvin. It's, it's, been a, it's been a journey throughout the year. But let's go to the Western Conference. Look, the first round in the West, 
as we all know, Golden State playing Houston. Look, Houston can push them to six, I think, maybe even potentially push them to seven if it all perfectly works out. But I think Golden State's going to take it in five. They're going to take it in five, go to the next round, get ready to go. Spurs are going to sweep the Memphis Grizzlies. Look, the Memphis Grizzlies literally have nothing to stand on. They're going to sweep them. They're going to dominate. They're going to get into that second round of the postseason. Uh, Oklahoma City and Dallas. Look, Dallas, again, very old. Uh, Oklahoma City is going to come out and play very, very good basketball. Over the last couple of weeks, they've played very, very good, inspired, deep basketball. They're going to do it again this time. They're going to win in five over Dallas. And the Clippers are going to beat the Portland Trailblazers. Look, Portland could push this to six, maybe even seven, but the Clippers, I think, are going to get it done in five. They're going to win in five over Portland. They're going to head to the second round. What do you guys have, Andrew? You started off first. All right. So, uh, I actually think the Warriors are going to sweep the Rockets. Um, again, I, as I said the other day, I have some stupid dogs upstairs now that we're doing the shows at 8 o'clock, so I'm really sorry if you can kind of hear them in the background. Um so I think the Warriors will sweep the Rockets, but I think they'll all, all, every game but one will be within five points. Now, Calvin, real quick, uh, you, you throw out your your predictions for the whole Western Conference Finals, then I'll do mine. Give me one minute. Oh, okay. All right, so the Rockets-Warriors, I got the Warriors winning in 4-1. to one. I mean, Harden may have a game where he drops 45 to 50 points, and they might steal that one, but I don't see them competing necessarily with the Warriors. That's not much of a chance. Uh, Spurs are easily going to beat the Grizzlies 4-0. Don't really see a bunch of D-League players beating the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Oklahoma City, I got them beating Dallas in six. Uh, Dallas is just not athletic enough. They're not. They're a little too old to keep up with the fast-paced play at Oklahoma City. Um, and I got the Clippers in six as well. Uh, I really like Chris Paul, and I think that the Clippers are going to get it done. Blake Griffin's going to—he's going to be a little rusty in the first couple games, but by the fifth and sixth game, he's going to be ready, and he's going to be ready to play in the next round. All right, all right. So sorry about that, guys. I just—I just, I just lost it. my mind on my dog. So I got—I got the Warriors sweeping the Rockets. I think all the games will be close, but one where the Warriors will win by like thirty. Um, I have the Spurs sweeping Memphis. I think each game will be actually fifteen plus points. Um, I have the Thunder winning in five against the Mavericks, and I have the Clippers winning in six against the Trailblazers. Um, I think the Western Conference Finals is, is pretty a, a lot easier to pick. I think one, two, three, four win, and I don't think it'll be particularly close. I think, and, and we're going to get into the second round of the Western Conference. For those of you who listened live or were listening live, we're going into the podcast. We have 15 minutes to go. Let's get this done in about five, ten minutes, fellas, and then I'll get to the wipe away performances of the year. Um, let me just say something about the second round of the Western Conference Finals. I've been saying this since January. I think this is going to be the greatest May Western Conference basketball we're ever going to see with Golden State and the Clippers. It's a rivalry, big-time rivalry. These teams hate each other. And San Antonio and Oklahoma City, about five, six years ago, had back-to-back Western Conference Finals, and they hate each other as well. This is going to be some of the best basketball we've seen probably – in the last 20 years, I'm not, I'm not lying when I say that. Golden State and L.A., th- that is going to be a tough series. L.A. Clippers choked last year. They're going to have that as a reminder every single day in the postseason to say, don't choke it away. You're good enough to get it done. I think they can, and I think they can test Golden State. Can they beat Golden State? Yes, they can. Will they? No. It's going to come close. I think they're going to freak out the media and say, oh, my God, the Warriors are freaking out. They're not going to do 
they're gonna the Warriors are gonna win the series, but it's gonna be very close, and people are gonna recognize why this Clipper team is good enough to go forward in the future. Golden State wins the series in seven. It's gonna be an unbelievable series, and I think Golden State's gonna get it done there. San Antonio and Oklahoma City. Uh, just look, this is gonna be unbelievable from most perspectives. Kawhi Leonard, KD, Russell Westbrook, Tony Parker. Tim Duncan against Serge Ibaka, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge against Sam Adams. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be an unbelievable Cantor. It's gonna be an unbelievable series uh, from that perspective. It's gonna go seven. I'm gonna be freaking out. I might get some gray hairs during the postseason as a Spurs fan, like I did back in the day watching this one. Spurs win it in seven. It's gonna be incredible, and it, it only sets up for the greatest Western Conference Finals of all time. What do you guys think? Calvin, go first. All right, so in the beginning of the year, I picked the Clippers to come out of the West. Uh, that was before all this Golden State 73 wins, Spurs being, you know, the Same Spurs' here. best defense. But I, I, I'm not sure. It's going to be difficult for me to pick the Clippers over the Warriors. I want to. I want to so badly, but I can't. I'm going to have to go with the Warriors in seven. And I'm going to have to go with the Spurs in six. I just don't trust Westbrook in the fourth, and especially against the Spurs for six games, seven games. I don't see them keeping up with the Spurs. Their efficiency, the Spurs' efficiency is out of this world, and Thunder just, they fold in the fourth. And there's not much to that. So, yeah, Warriors, Spurs yep. in the Western Conference Finals. I got, uh, I got the Warriors over the Clippers in six games. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Chris. I think the media will kind of blow up. I think the Warriors might actually fall down two games to one. And then that's when the media blows up. That's when the yeah. world goes crazy. It's all over. They, they were too tired for the regular season. And then the Warriors will come out yeah. and win three straight. Um, sure. And then I have the, the Spurs over the Thunder in six as well. I think it will be a more clean six, kind of a back-and-forth six. Um, but I do think the Spurs will come out and and more easy than six games sounds. Uh, and then I have and as the Spurs and the Warriors going five games and the Warriors winning. Oh, you're crazy! All right, uh, I'm. I'm, no, uh, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. I'm kidding. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm. Si- I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here as you guys are talking and my eyes are covered because I'm looking at my Western Conference Finals prediction. And honestly, you guys, I don't think you understand. I have gone over it back. Like, I have written three on San Antonio's side, four on Golden State's side, four on San Antonio, three on Golden State, three. I don't know. I'm sitting here and telling you, I don't know. But if you put a gun to my head and you told me who I thought was going to win in a seven-game series, with what I've seen in Golden Golden State do and what I've seen the Spurs do – I'm just going to honestly sit back, relax, and I say this, and I hate to say this, but as a Spurs fan, I think the Warriors get it done, and I think I am going to lose my, my poo watching this series because I think the Warriors are going to frustrate me with all heck. It's going to be a seven-game series. It's going to be the greatest Western Conference Finals we've ever seen. I don't think we're ever going to see basketball the same after this series, and I think there's going to be people – just churning for this type of series for years to come because this really will be two of the best teams in NBA history duking it out for a spot at the NBA Finals. And I see the Warriors going, but honestly, 
I, honest to God, and it's not just me being a Spurs fan. As an objective fan, I could see it going both ways. But the objective side of me took over and said, look, Golden State playing the way they've done, how well they've played, how they can adjust. I think they have enough to beat the Spurs, but I think it is going to be an all-time classic series. What do you see, Calvin? And then you go, Andrew. Oh, man. I mean, it's going to be a classic series no matter what, however it goes down. Earlier this year, I I was leaning toward the Spurs. And at this point, I mean, we're going to have to see in the playoffs, but at this point I'm leaning toward the Warriors. It's just that Steph Curry, man. I'm not a fan of the guy, but he's out of this world. And I think that I don't know what the Spurs can do to stop him. And if it's not him, then it's Green. And if it's not Green, it's Thompson. And if it's not them, their bench is completely amazing. The team is so deep. And I, I just think it's going to be too much in the end. And I think the Warriors will probably win in six against the Spurs. And, and what about your finals prediction, Calvin? I want, I want to hear that one first before, oh, before man, me and no, Chris no, talk. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not picking. I, I can't pick. You got I can't to. pick no, right no, now. No, 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 LeBron's going to beat the Warriors in seven. There you go. Damn! I don't have my computer up right now, so I had to do the sound bite by myself. Chris, what do you got, man? In the NBA Finals, and this is why I picked the goal, this is why I picked the Western Conference second after we talked about the East. Think about the amount of rest that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to have coming into the NBA Finals. And if you don't think for that time off that the goal, that the that the Cavs will have watching the Western Conference Finals, watching Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors absolutely just get trampled like the Spurs will. This Western Conference, you know, second round in Western Conference Finals is going to be the most brutal we've ever seen. And with the Cavs taking some rest, a healthy – let me remind people, a healthy Kyrie Irving coming in this year, a healthy Kevin Love, Channing Frye, you also got Tristan Thompson. Playoff Tristan Thompson will be back in the building. Deladova. Let me, just, let me just spell it out for you last year. Golden State was down 2-1 to a non-Kevin Love and non-Kyrie Irving Cleveland Cavalier team with the Golden State Warrior team they had last year. Healthy, got lucky with the teams they played in the first round, second round, and third round. And now you have the Cleveland Cavaliers coming in rested, only playing, you know, I have them only playing 15 games in the postseason, having the rest they're going to have. I agree with Calvin. It will be the Cavs in seven. Because of that alone, the Golden State Warriors will be good. They're going to look great. But LeBron is going to play LeBron basketball, and he has Kyrie Irving, and he has Kevin Love, and that bench is deeper, and they're a bigger team than last year. It's going to happen. LeBron is going to cement his legacy and be seen as the greatest player we've ever seen in basketball history. Ooh, I like that. I I thought that sounded fantastic. First of all, Chris, I just want to say good job to you on being objective on the Western Conference Finals because I promise you, if the Pistons won 67 games and let's say the Celtics went 82-0, and I promise you I'd pick the Pistons to win the series. I would. There's no <laughs> way I wouldn't pick the Pistons to win the series. It's hard, uh, man. So. So, shout out to you for being objective because I would not have been able to do it, um, even though I probably would have known in my head. Um, The NBA Finals. First of all, if the Cavaliers want to win the NBA Finals, 
Kyrie Irving is going to have to play a hell of a lot better than he's played so far this year. Um, he, he's back from his injury, and he's still playing like crap. Not like crap, but he's not the Kyrie he should be at this point in his career. Um, he's going to have to play a hell of a lot better. Kevin Love is going to have to make at least 40% of his threes, and Tristan Thompson is going to have to get at least five offensive rebounds games. On top of all that, LeBron James is going to have to shoot 33% from three, 45% from the field, and average at least 33 points a game. Now, that being said, I think the Cavaliers will beat the Golden State Warriors in seven games for the simple fact of, like you said, Chris, they aren't going to play nearly as many games as the Warriors in the playoffs. Not even close. Um, and and not, not only the amount of games, but the toughness of each game, the intensity of each game that the Golden State Warriors are going to have to go through and have already been going through for about a month now is going to, is going to exhaust them not only physically but mentally. I think you are going to get the – like you said, maybe the greatest performance, maybe the greatest legacy cementing performance in the history of the league. And I think you have possibly, if LeBron wins this, I think he'll still need one more championship to be considered the greatest of all time. But if he wins this, words would not be able to describe what how huge that is for his legacy, for him as a person, and just for, for basketball, because I think that would be a good thing for basketball if that happened. I think it would keep parity alive, um, and, and and we'd all realize that nobody likes Steph Curry. Uh, but that's, that's the this, this, um, this This game, this game, this championship for LeBron, if he wins it this year, it's a lot like when Kobe beat the Celtics in 2010. This would cement his legacy as the greatest small forward in NBA history, and it would be, wouldn't even be a debate. There's no debate. Like, if, if he can beat a 73-win Golden State Warrior team with the team that he has in front of him, creating the team that was garbage two years prior to not even being in, in the conversation of a playoff contending team to then win the title over the 73-win Warriors, I don't care what conference they play in. You're beating the best team of all time. If you can do that, I don't know how that doesn't cement his legacy, and I don't know how the haters don't shut up. I mean, we all know about the haters. I don't know how they don't shut up after that. That That is – that is something that we will always see. And people forget, this will have been his sixth straight NBA Finals appearance. That's all you need to know. Six straight, three in six years, and beating the best team of all time, greatest small forward we've ever seen in NBA history if he gets Different. it done, especially in seven. Especially in seven, in game seven, in Golden State. It would be unbelievable. That well, would be here, amazing. Here's the thing. If, this, if this series goes seven, LeBron's dropping 60, and I promise it won't be on 52 shots. Um, <laughs> the difference in the legacy cementing is Kobe Bryant played like crap in that Celtics series um, compared to the Kobe Bryant we know. LeBron James plays like crap. They're getting swept, um, and it's that simple. Uh, so this is this. I think it'll be the most watched NBA Finals ever, probably, just because like can Steph Curry beat LeBron for a second straight time? Can LeBron beat the greatest team of all time? And I, I'm telling you, I might have to stay off Twitter during this because, oh, I remember how frustrating <laughs> it was last year. There's last gonna... year, was I, I wanted to deactivate my Twitter. Not because people were dumb, just because when you're watching your team lose and you're still trying to defend them, it, well, people are dumb. People didn't think Kyrie and Kevin Love being out was a big deal. Uh, they thought it made the Cavs better. But at, at the same time, I this is just going to – I'm so excited, man. I, I'm sorry, Chris, but I hope – 
I hope the Spurs don't make it to the finals. I think the Cavs will beat the Spurs in six. Uh, I, I, but, I, but I think, I, I think, I oh man, I just want to see this finals happen so bad, so bad. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. I want and, the uh, to beat the Warriors so bad, man. These guys gotta stop to. playing two and four. No more two and four. No more two and four. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm tired of I'm tired of uh I'm tired of the Warrior fans too, fellas. And with that, uh we're gonna end the show. Um I'm gonna do the whiteboard top ten whiteboard worthy performances on YouTube. So if you have listened to the entire show, I'm gonna do it on YouTube in just a moment because obviously uh we took up a lot of our time talking about everything that was way more important than the top ten performances of the year. Um, maybe I could squeeze it in, but I definitely know that it won't work because the show will cut off in about two minutes. So with that, we got about a minute left in the show. Thank you again for listening. The playoffs begin tomorrow and the playoff games that are going to be on tap will be between the Pacers and Raptors, Rockets and Warriors, Celtics and Hawks and Mavericks and Thunder. And then you also have three games on Sunday or four games on Sunday with Pistons, Cavs, Hornets, Heat, Grizzlies, Spurs and Trailblazers and Clippers. That is episode 119. We will recap the playoff games for you on Monday. Andrew, thank you again for showing up. And Calvin, thank you again so much. Say your goodbyes, fellas, and we'll get off the air. Everybody go to thehooperslog.com tonight to see Calvin's article. Thank you very much, and peace. Thank you, guys. Peace out. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Enjoy the postseason. It's going to be unbelievable. Stay tuned for that YouTube video of the top ten wiper with performances of the year. It should be a solid six-minute video. Have a good one, everybody. The playoffs have begun.